Hey there, welcome to Build Your Tribe. My name is Shalene Johnson. And my name is Brock Johnson. With more than 25 years of experience in a variety of businesses, I promise to share with you the ins, the outs, my failures, and successes. And my goal is to share with you these social media money-making strategies to turn your idea into passive income. Every week, my son, Brock, and I will share with you perspectives that will serve you regardless of the stage that you're at in your business. Whether you're a solo entrepreneur looking to grow your brand in social media or you've got dreams for a global brand, Build Your Tribe is here to serve you. All right, Mom, this one's all you. I want to talk to you about some of the mistakes that new entrepreneurs make. First of all, five things you want to avoid as a new entrepreneur. You know, and it's, it's been many years since I would be able to call myself and like really call myself a new entrepreneur. However, I maintained a new entrepreneur's mindset for way too many years. And I needed to adopt a new way of thinking about business. So what I'm going to do for you in, in this broadcast is share with you what I believe are the five most dangerous signs and habits mindsets for the new entrepreneur. I'm going to share with those for you so that you can help hopefully help to identify if perhaps you are um, engaging in some of those, you know, because it is something that you, you can change and I want you to be able to do that. So let's talk about the first one. The first one is that you have prioritized working over strategizing and oftentimes new entrepreneurs, that's our go-to. It's not uncommon for new entrepreneurs to be the hardest working, most driven, inspired, motivated people that you'll ever meet. Like work ethic through the roof. In fact, that's why most people become entrepreneurs because they're like, I am running circles around everybody here at the office. I'm the person that takes care of not only my project, but everybody else's projects. So I should probably be doing this for myself. And so oftentimes they will see an opportunity, take that opportunity, leave the workforce because they're like, I can outwork anybody. I can outwork them. And to be honest, that will get you a certain degree of success. It will, but a limited degree of success. It will give you, unfortunately, you, you eventually will burn out and then you'll, you'll think to yourself, maybe I should go back and I should get a job. Why am I working so hard, harder than most all the other people I know and I'm not getting ahead? And I would suggest that you consider how much time you're working, completing tasks, going 100 miles per hour, and failing to prioritize the time it requires to strategize. Now, specifically what I mean by strategizing, I mean not just learning new things, but developing a plan for implementing them, developing a plan for somebody else to do those things. New entrepreneurs have the mindset that they should be doing all of that themselves as opposed to taking the time to strategize what this looks like. Strategizing means to reverse engineer everything you're going to do. New entrepreneurs, and I just had a conversation with a friend of mine who's, by the way, if she knows I'm talking about her right now, phenomenal entrepreneur. And she doesn't make all five of these mistakes, but she does make one, which is pretty common of confident entrepreneurs. Confident entrepreneurs pull the trigger and aim later, which is good. I mean, like that's probably one of the best worst habits to have because you're not afraid. You're just like, I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna pull the trigger and then I'll line my ducks up later. 
And as you can imagine, oftentimes you're like, who didn't line up these ducks? I just shot a bullet. And then you're trying to line your ducks up while the bullet's whizzing through the air. So that's a pitfall that very few entrepreneurs fall into, but it happens. The people who shoot first and aim later, and typically those are people who are incredibly confident. They're like, I got this. I don't need to read the instructions. I don't need for anyone to tell me how to do this. I will figure it out as I go. And oftentimes um, that bullet is whizzing through the air and they're trying to fix things before the bullet hits the ducks that were never lined up. Strategizing means deciding what it's going to take, what pieces need to be in place, what skills you need to learn, how much time this is going to take. Strategizing requires that you have the patience and the faith in yourself to realize it's going to be okay if you do this a little slower and you do it not perfect, but at least you do it right. That you figured out um, what it's going to take, what you need to do in order to make that happen, and what's next, and when this should be done, and why. Our entire year, in fact, the next 18 months, have already been strategically planned, not by me, by our team. I'm short-sighted. I can't be the boss. I want to be the creative. And I need other people to say, you know, that that might not be a great time to do that. And if we're going to do this in that month, don't forget that you've promised to promote Lewis Howe's book in November. We take a look at these blocks of months and we strategize how much time will each one of these things require? How much time off is needed to actually celebrate the success and to relax and feel great about that, you know? And, and strategizing is different from being a perfectionist because oftentimes perfectionists never pull the trigger. They're so busy lining up ducks and aiming and, and then realigning them up and then readjusting them and, and then aiming and never pulling the trigger that that's nearly perhaps even more dangerous than pulling the trigger without aiming. So to strategize means that you understand what every possible thing that it's going to require. Now, and this is not a plug for smart success, but my smart success students, and for those of you who will at some point need to learn this skill, it's the process of reverse engineering. And it strategizing, people think that means taking months and weeks off, and it means a day, maybe a couple of hours. It means taking out a pen and a piece of paper and not getting up until you can't think of even one more thing thing that needs to get on your list before you start this. It's understanding who and what and where and how will we test that and who will be responsible for it and how will we measure that and how long will that take and what will that require and how will we, how do we know if that's the best price and how do we know if this is, and it's just, it's a, it's such a thorough and complete brainstorm that we call it reverse engineering, but reverse engineering isn't just like, oh, it's going to take this, this, and this. It's literally sitting down and acting as though you can't get up from the table until you can't think of anything else from the smallest of details to the biggest of details. The next big mistake that accidental entrepreneurs make is that they operate as employees or managers, or at least from the employee manager mindset. It's not uncommon for people who are really exceptional managers to believe that they've created such amazing success for this company, that they should now leave and go start their own thing. It's very common, but a great entrepreneur knows how to find a great manager because a great entrepreneur isn't a great manager. I'm not a great manager. 
I don't know, I don't have the skill to make sure that everybody gets their job done. And, you know, I'm going to make no bones about it. Here's what you need to do. That's not my greatest skill. So I always hire great managers. My mindset is to lift my team and to make them feel valuable and important and to find their strengths, pull them out from them and to honor them. And that's what makes me an entrepreneur. Uh, making What makes you a great entrepreneur is finding someone who's a manager. If you're operating by being a manager, you will find that people don't want to work hard for you. People aren't attracted to you. People won't stay up all night to help you. People won't promote you and fall in love with you and trust you and like you and believe you because you're a manager. Think about the manager you once worked for. I think we've probably all had them who was just a nightmare, but things got done. Like you were so afraid of getting on their bad side. They operate and they think they're motivating people, but truly they're motivating from fear. Like you just, you get things done and you work hard for them because you're so afraid to get on their bad side. They use intimidation. They don't realize that they are. They're not trying to be, but they're really good at figuring out what everybody else should be doing and following through and they get things done and it bugs them that other people don't get things done. And I can develop the system, but I don't have a lot of faith in my ability to make sure everybody follows the system. I I can, I can develop the system. So in many of my past businesses, I would, I would create the system and hire a manager to make sure everybody else followed it. Once you're moved from employer or manager, as an entrepreneur, there is nothing more important than people. And people need to be recognized. They need to be listened to. They need for you to see their talents and their skills and to care about them. And so if you, if you care more about the task than you do the people, your business will fail to grow. It'll reach a certain point and then it will fail to grow because intimidation only works for so long. And then people are like, I don't need this. Who do you think you are? Why am I being treated this way? Or why am I never being recognized? Why am I always getting in trouble? Why every time I'm around this person, I feel like I'm getting in trouble. People want you to care about them. That's a big mistake. If you have caught yourself doing that, know it's an important time to address it and and learn and change that. The next biggest mistake a accidental entrepreneur will make is that they will operate from a place of fear. And you will find that when I when I say accidental entrepreneurs, there are people who operate as accidental entrepreneurs and they've been in business for 10, 15, 20 years. I know individuals who right now I would consider accidental entrepreneurs and they've been in business for 20, 30 years. Fourth and biggest mistake is that they they operate from a place of fear. They fear that they're going to run out of money, so they think they have to do everything themselves. They fear that somebody else is doing something better than they are, so it's very difficult to focus on their own successes and their own path because they're constantly like looking over their shoulder and like worried about what everybody else is doing. They fear that someone else is copying them. They fear that they might be missing out on a big opportunity. They fear that others are comparing them. They compare themselves to others' success. They fear that they're not getting theirs. They fear that they're being treated poorly and that, you know, other people have certain breaks. They, they fear that that someone's going to be taking advantage of them. And so they fear spending their own money. They fear upgrading their friggin' phone, even though that's their only true business tool. 
they fear spending money to learn to do things the right way because they're going to figure it out themselves because they fear that they are going to be taken advantage of. It's fear. Scared money don't make money, as Mr. Johnson likes to say. It's fear of letting go of the tasks that they believe, I have to do this. I'm the only one who can do this. And I have to do this because no one else will do it as well. And no one, it's, I fear it's going to take me too much time to teach someone else to do this. I fear that if I don't make this perfect and I uh, put it out there, someone's going to judge it. So there's so much fear that they, their business never grows. I think the two biggest fears you need to protect yourself from are fear of investing money in others. And I mean coaching programs, exceptional consultants, people. Don't be afraid to invest in the right people, whether they're working for you, consulting for you, or they're coaching and mentoring you. Don't be, don't think that you can figure everything out for free eventually you'll realize you've wasted so much time trying to shortcut this and piece together the free stuff that now you realize I could have figured this out five years ago, two years ago, six months ago, if I had just stepped up, got over my fear and invested. You can't be afraid to invest in the right people. We talked about this this afternoon. We had a strategizing meeting. Um, even though everything's planned for about the next 18 months, we, we came up with some new strategies on things that we think that we could be doing better. And one of the strategies that we discussed just by analyzing the numbers that if we just get a 1% better conversion on just one of our programs, it means an extra $100,000 in the next six months. 1%? So that one, I could, I can improve the conversion by that 1% by doing something as simple as refilming the sales video or creating um, a better copy, like 1%? And so we talked about, okay, well, who do we need on our team to help us really figure that out? And we, we were talking about all, you know, the different resources that we have available. And we all agree. We're like, let's find the right person and pay them top dollar because this is a pretty important project. So, you know, we just know, just know that there is, um, there's no fear on my part of spending money on the right people, the right programs, the right experts. I have no fear that someone else is going to steal what I'm doing. By all means, go ahead. Because <laughs> you can't steal my DNA. Nothing I do is original. Nothing I teach is original. It's my original twist on it. But there's nothing original. I don't have to, I don't have to be want, constantly looking over my shoulder and worrying what everybody else is doing. I mean, at least tw two times this week, I got text messages from people that had said to me, do you know that so-and-so is doing such and such? And I'm like, do you know I don't care? So I'm running my own race. If I was busy looking backwards, figuring out whatever, where everybody else was running, I would run into a brick wall and have a very slow time. <laughs> I have to run my own race and I can't. And it's, and, and it also doesn't feel good to look at what other people are doing. Am I right? Because the laws of comparison are just human nature. We always look at what other people do and we're always like, Oh, well, I sh maybe I should do that. Or maybe I wish I did that. Or maybe, maybe that's what I should be doing. Or wow, look how good. It never feels good. So if you're spending all your time studying 
your arch enemy or watching that person who you think might be stealing your stuff, please get over it. That's not fun. You're not doing yourself any favors. It doesn't feel good and it doesn't help you get ahead. It just, it just takes you off your game. It allows that other person's style to influence yours. It's wasted energy. You don't, it, it's, you know, you gotta be you. And if you're spending too much time watching other people, you won't be you. A great example of this I can share with you is when I had the opportunity to do consumer fitness videos. Now, mind you, my degree is justice, morality, and constitutional democracy. I don't know how I ended up in fitness other than the fact I'm an exceptional businesswoman and I know how to solve problems. And that's how I've done so well in business because I'm solving problems for people. But when I had the opportunity to do my first consumer DVDs, you know what I did? Something really stupid. I watched hundreds of hours of three other very well-known fitness professionals who had exercise DVDs. And I studied them and I listened to their inflection. I kept watching them. I'm like, okay, I should do it like, yeah, oh, that's how they say that. To some extent, I suppose it was good research to figure out what they did that I liked and what I didn't like. But unfortunately, I kind of lost myself, my own style, because I was like, okay, so I should probably adopt their style. So what I should have done was just watch them for maybe technique, but not allowed their personalities to influence me. And it's so much easier to be an expert. It's so much easier to be an expert at the art of being you because you've already put in your 10,000 hours. You don't have to learn anything new. The last and final mistake that new entrepreneurs make, it's a mistake of, of mentorship, really. They fear that someone else will take credit for their success. I've seen this happen so many times. They so fear hiring a coach or working with someone or asking for advice or attending a seminar or getting coaching or feedback because they fear that that mentor will try to take credit for their success. You can also tell when somebody is a accidental entrepreneur because they never give credit to the people who taught them what they know. They don't want to give credit. They don't come from a place of gratitude. If you've ever watched a Periscope or listened to a podcast with Michael Hyatt, I mean, I've never listened to an episode or a broadcast from him where he didn't credit four or five other exceptional writers or speakers or thought leaders or mentors. And that is a sign of a true entrepreneur. A true entrepreneur says, listen, I learned focus not by learning that myself, but by going to the expert, by going to Brian Tracy, by reading Eat That Frog 652 times, by driving around in my car, listening to him on cassette on repeat for years and years and years. I learned how to launch, how to have a successful internet launch by enrolling in PLF, the product launch formula, which was created by Jeff Walker. I give Jeff Walker so much credit for the life that I live now because I'm like, I thought I would have to travel the globe and go stage to stage to stage to share my message and to teach what I wanted to teach until I discovered product launch formula, which was created by Jeff Walker. I'm like, after we had our most successful launch in our history, we doubled the sales that we'd had previously. We used zero affiliates. We did it all with your help. The first person I texted was, was Jeff. And I said, Jeff, thank you. Thank you for sharing your answers. Thank you for teaching me how to do this. Thank you for making it easy, sharing your answers so I didn't have to figure this out the hard way. 
The sign of a true entrepreneur is gratitude, is letting people know how much you appreciate the people who've helped you and where you learned it and how you learned it. It's like not forgetting the people who brought you to the dance, you know? An accidental entrepreneur is afraid to share their answers. They're afraid to credit those who have helped them. I'd, I'll never forget the first time I went to a, um, this is a true story. I went to World's Greatest Speaker Academy with Brendan Bouchard, Bo Eason, and Roger Love. I went to that seminar and I knew I wanted to be a, a better public speaker, but granted, I'd already had tremendous success in my businesses. I wanted to transition. I wanted, I wanted to start over. I wanted to do solely a business that I could build from my home. I took copious notes. I still have the notebook here. I highlighted everything. I rewrote my notes. I scheduled the time later to implement my notes. I went through them meticulously. I taught them to other people so that I would know that I had really grasped the concept. And I followed up by going to additional trainings with Brendan Burchard and buying his online programs. And um, eventually, I got to a level of success that you know, Brendan reached out to me and said, Hey, you know, first of all, we'd like to have you speak for us at World's Greatest Speaker Academy. And, and I'd like to have permission to use, you know, you as one of our success stories. And I remember a friend of mine reaching out and saying to me, I saw how they used, like made it sound like in that highlight reel that all of your success was because you had gone through one of Brendan's courses. And, you know, Shalane, how do you feel about that? I'm like, I feel great about it. I don't think for a second his intention or anyone's intention was to say, you know, we made you. It was just highlighting the success that I had enjoyed by implementing the things that he had shared with me. That doesn't take anything away from me. You know why? Because thousands and thousands and thousands of other people learn the same stuff and they don't do anything with it. What made it special was that I did it. But I got the answers from Brendan and Roger and, and Bo and I was happy to be featured as a a success story. Oh, don't be afraid of somebody oh, suggesting that your success is because of them. You know, share that. And I sent a text message this afternoon to Brian Tracy, actually to his staff. And I said, please tell me what he has upcoming on his schedule where I can just promote the heck out of it. And I don't want to be an affiliate. I just want to tell him every opportunity that I can remember how grateful I am that he shared his knowledge, how thankful I am that he pushed me and said things that I didn't want to hear, gave me advice that I didn't want to listen to, but I did. And I'm grateful and I, 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 I can never let a week go by that I don't thank him for that. And it's not just me, you know, obviously. Lots of people have read his books and been to his seminars. And, but when stuff works and people are willing to teach that to you, you have to be grateful. I'm so grateful. I'm like, what, what more can I do? So why am I crying? That's so weird. But it's the truth. I cry whenever I, uh, I don't usually cry when I'm sad. I usually cry because I feel passion. I feel happiness. I feel incredibly grateful and blessed to have such amazing people who've helped me to get here. Because I was an accidental entrepreneur, and I'm not now. And I don't want you to be an accidental entrepreneur. I want you to recognize if some of these signs are things that you yourself have fallen into. And know that you, you can change that. And it's pretty simple. 
but it does take time. It takes experience. It takes faith. And while I am a Christian and I have a strong spiritual faith, I'm not talking about that kind of faith. I'm talking about faith in yourself. You have to have faith that this will work. You have to have faith in your mentors. You have to have faith in those people who are willing to share their answers. You have to have faith that when you come from a place of gratitude and abundance and you share your answers even with somebody who might have ulterior motives, who might knock you off, who might steal your stuff, but you have to have faith that you're doing the right thing. You have to have faith that it is more important to care about people than tasks. You have to have faith that you're not supposed to be working as much as you're supposed to be planning and strategically figuring out where you're going to go next. You know, this is, it is no accident that you're an entrepreneur, but you'll accidentally end back up as an employee if you don't learn how to have faith in yourself and faith in people. 